Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. Episode 172 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's running around town with me today? I got nothing. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's not a Batman episode, but here I am, all the same. Kenneth Sanity, hello, everyone. It is something odd to have you not for Batman. Something that's not Batman. And yet, I like it. <laughs> and our and, special guest. And I am Phil, uh, Phil Theobald from the Player One podcast. Uh, I heard you guys were talking about some Goemon stuff, so I had to. <laughs> Absolutely had to swing by. My goodness. And also, the, you're the developer of that squ- oh, God, SpongeBob Squiggly Squibbler or something, right? What was it called? Okay, how dare, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> I hear it every so often, but I can't remember the name of it. You are referring, of course, to the world-famous plug-and-play TV game <laughs> by Jack's Pacific, SpongeBob SquarePants Dilly Dabbler. Oh, I was really off. With over 5 million <laughs> views on YouTube, this game sensation has swept the world. <laughs> no, yeah, that was, that was, oh my gosh. And it was like years ago, right? That was so long ago. That was probably 15 plus years ago. That, that yeah, it, it was one of those joystick, those kind of self-contained joysticks that you plug straight into the TV and they have a bunch of little mini games and stuff on there. And, uh, at the time, I was working as a producer at uh, Backbone Entertainment slash Digital Eclipse slash they've gone by a few other names. But yeah, there it was. It was during that that height of those uh, the TV game craze where those were selling like crazy. So yeah, I, I helped produce a uh, a SpongeBob one that that I mean it was it was it was yeah it's a little kid thing you know it's clearly meant for like like kind of preschoolers type yeah. stuff, just coloring books and things like that. <laughs> I just always like, you guys make that joke and player one a lot about that game. Oh, every yeah. so often it comes up. <laughs> well, it, it, well, I don't, I don't know what happened. Cause you know, it's like, you know, it's some little kid game. Nobody cares. You know, why, why, why would they? But, uh, years ago I, I took some footage of it with like a, a cheapo capture board. The, so the footage looks terrible, but I just put some, uh, some footage up on YouTube just for, my own amusement just to kind of have a little record of it. And at some point, somehow I, someone, I I mean, I'm not, I don't even really watch SpongeBob, but somehow the SpongeBob fandom discovered that video and it, it has, it's racked up millions of views. (laughs) I I get nothing. Oh, oh, you found it. Yeah. I just wanted just now when I was looking it up. Nice. Or 5 million views. There it is. See, I, I see I see nothing from that. Not a penny. Not a penny earned. Well, of course not, because it's YouTube. Exactly. You gotta have videos where you go, whoa, and stuff like that in order for people to pay attention. Yep. And one thing well, two other things I want to say before we get, get started. Uh two, you were you were the last one I've gotten from the player one podcast to come on. Well, I'm the most important one, so <laughs> I think Greg's been on a couple times, CJ was on once, and now we got you joining us. Yeah, well Greg's easy. It's easy, Greg. You gotta my people. That's all I had to do. <laughs> we, yeah. just, we talked about Robotech the first time. Oh, there you go. See? And the second time. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, there's not many people that love Robotech games or Robotech in general. So that's true. I mean, Battle Cry is. I went, we went and played that. That game is so hard. And, uh, it was not fun. But oh, yeah. me and him both loved it just because we love Robotech. So, and my nice. other friend hated it because he had no love for Robotech and the game kicked his ass. So. <laughs> 
And then the other, and then we, what we are here to talk about, uh, Legend of Mystical Ninja for Super Nintendo that came out in 1992 in North America, developed by Konami, published by Konami. A game that actually was a game my mom found, which does not happen very often on the show. She actually bought this for me at some point when I was a kid, and that's why I, I didn't know what the hell it was. She just bought it because it was a two-player co-op, and she knew that because probably somebody told her at the store. <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, Ken, what is your history with this game or your memories? Oh, my memories are pretty strong. I remember playing this uh, co-op a lot growing up with a friend that used to live down the block. This might have been my first exposure to things that are common in Japanese culture. Mm. And uh, I'll be completely honest with you. It uh, quickly became an obsession for a while. (laughs) And what about you, Phil? What's your first experience with this game? This game, I first played this at... uh... Because I did not get a Super Nintendo at launch, I was I'm, I had my Genesis, and I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't like a Sega fanboy because I, I graduated from the NES to the Genesis, but I just didn't have the money at the time to get a Super Nintendo. But uh, my buddy did, and he he had this game. And I was over at his house one day, and he showed it to me. And again, we played some some co op with it, and yeah, it blew my mind. It just you know the 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 graphics, the sound, the gameplay, just everything was so cool and so unique and so weird and yeah i was just like whoa i need to get one of these systems like <laughs> i mean like like I, you know i played mario world at his place and i'm not i'm not going to claim that this is better than super mario world but super mario world was you know it it's like a more advanced version of mario 3 and this felt really different and really new and really exciting and when I did finally break down a few months later and buy a, a Super Nintendo, yet this was the first game that I bought for it. Okay. And yeah, I've been loving the series ever since. It actually, I had forgotten this until I started replaying this game for the show a couple about a week, two weeks ago. When I played this game back in the day with my dad, we had Games Unique because we both sucked at games. And <laughs> for, I don't know if it was the game itself or whatnot. For something, we played this, everything was in Japanese. Nothing was in English. So we couldn't read almost anything in this game. And I always thought, I mean, only a couple things were actually in English. We just figured out what to do over time. Mm-hmm. And when I went and played this, I'm like, wait, this thing's in English? Like, what was our issue? <laughs> and I, I'm not the only person that had an issue. Someone else had once mentioned that it was in Japanese also, and I don't know why. I don't know if someone set up the settings and I bought a used copy. I just know that my old copy was always in Japanese when I played this. Couldn't it, read shit. Was it something to do with the... Uh with the game genie like that's what thing. i'm thinking now is that yeah. the game genie altered the text so nothing was readable so very few things like the uh-huh. god i forget the the tanuki guy that when you go in the, his stuff was readable everything else was un, was unlegible like every house you go into couldn't read a thing that people were saying oh wow that's crazy I've, i'd never heard about that but it, I, if that's it, what i'm at least i remember i mean i don't think because i i mean i'm in, god i can't remember how old i was when this i was born in 87 so i should have been able to read at some point when i played this and my dad obviously could read, so I don't know. So it must have been something where it, it wasn't in English. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it might have just been the the game genie, you know, just a, a weird side effect of of the game genie digging into the code or something. So it wasn't until this week that I or last week when I played this, that I learned that you can actually have passwords in this game. I always thought you had to beat this game in one sitting, which is what oh, I did. Oh. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, well, I it's never not knew. that hard to do though. Like you yeah, can beat this true. in one setting easy. That's true. You could. It you definitely could. Yeah. <laughs> it took a long time. Well, I was also a kid. So I get bored of something. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Move on. You know, go do something. 
Right. How could you get bored with this game? When you can't read it and you have no idea what you're doing, <laughs> it's a little hard. Like, we couldn't, like, I know, like, there's one part you have to buy a pass. I don't know how the hell we figured that out. I think it was just trial and error. We went into the shop. I'm like, well, what's this? And I just bought it, and then it worked. And then from then on, I remembered I needed this item. Oh, man. Hmm. You couldn't That's read weird, me. man. It's from, I vaguely remember it. I it's But it, it, it was some, a memory I didn't even have until I, I, re, I booted this back out and like, Okay, because I, I remember going in the houses, but I never knew, like, I never knew the mini games were in this game. I never knew the passwords. I never knew you could buy items, really, except for the couple items I bought to progress the story. I didn't know any of that because oh, I couldn't wow. read anything. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely so a weird. different experience. <laughs> I mean, this is also, like, I didn't even know this was a series until it was actually first time on Player One Podcast. I, mean, I knew about 64 game, but it was on Player One Podcast where Phil would always be talking about this. And I thought, I realized, oh, wait, there's more of these games that just never came to America. <laughs> Like a lot more. <laughs> there are, yeah. There are a ton of these things that never came out here. My goodness. I know you've said before that you had the GBA ones. Oh, I have, I believe, well, I probably don't have, well, maybe I do have all of them. I might have all of them. But they're all imported then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, which ones came out here? So we got, we got the first, first one on the Super Nintendo. Of course, there were some, some Famicom ones that we never got. We got two of the N64 games. The Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, which was kind of like the 3D Zelda-style game, which actually predates Ocarina of Time by like a year. And then there was the the follow-up game, the Goemon's Great Adventure, which was like the side-scroller, which, man, that's... I mean, both of the N64 games are very good. Never played them yet. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. And we got the... One of the Game Boy games... Mystical Ninja starring Goemon is the the localized name, and it's uh, just you know the old black and white Game Boy style, and uh, that one's terrible, just <laughs> awful. Which is a shame because there are some like some Game Boy Color games that came out in Japan that were really good and looked really nice, and we got the the crappy one, so it's a shame. I know there's a PS2 game for the series that never came stateside. Like there's, I was yeah. doing research before this episode, I couldn't believe how many how much of the series just never came here. The uh, the PS2 one almost came here years ago when uh, Working Designs, if you remember Working Designs, they were on the cusp of bringing that game over. I actually uh, went to an E3 show years ago and Working Designs had a booth there and they had their going on game on display. And they they actually they, they had manufactured a uh, plush going on that they were handing out at the show. And I I still have two of them. <laughs> and they had a little miniature pack of playing cards that had some artwork from the game on there that they were giving away as well. And yeah, I mean, apparently, I, I believe it's 100% translated. Oh, you know, they had a they had a build that was translated, and it got canceled kind of in the eleventh hour, I believe. But uh, I, you know, I seem to remember hearing uh, maybe a couple months ago, uh, someone had a had a ROM of the English translated version and sold it for, you know, thousands of dollars. So there's a, there is a ROM out there of it. I don't, I don't know if it's publicly available, but. Oh, they're always publicly available somehow. You kind of know where to look. (laughs) (laughs) I have multiple. I'm very big in emulation. Oh, nice. Right. But there's so much, especially for stuff that doesn't exist anymore or licensed games that will never see the light of day again. Mm -hmm. There's, I feel nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So you can't buy it, you know, because. The company doesn't want to sell it to you, or the company doesn't exist anymore. Eh, whatever, get it any way you can. As long as you're not making money off it, doesn't, I feel like it doesn't matter. But I, now that I know it exists, I definitely do want to play it. 
Yeah. I also didn't know Goemon's based on a real person until oh. very recently. Yep. And I had yeah, the way he died because I was watching some YouTube <laughs> video and from what they say, like it, worst one of the worst ways to die, they put him in a bot in a bucket of oil, of boiling oil. That's how they kill yeah. him. Yeah, the boiling is the important part. <laughs> I just like, no, like, yeah, that's just not, no. I mean, if I'm going to die, that's not the way I want to guess. Be like yeah. one of the worst ways to go, being boiled alive. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I, I am, I am also a fan. One of the, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, I'm, I'm one of the few fans, maybe question mark of the, uh, like the, the warriors games from, from Koei. So I don't know. If you, I don't know if you've ever played the Samurai Warriors game. I own four or five of them. I oh, own most of the series, but never played it. No, I just collect it. So. <laughs> well, you you can play as Goemon in the Samurai Warrior in a, a couple of the Samurai Warriors games. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not the uh, the blue haired fellow that we know and love from Mystical Ninja, but he does have like a, a big kind of poofy head of hair, and he's got he's you know he's a little uh, goofier than some of the other characters, so. Those games are fun, though. Like when you just want to get lost in something, they're fun. Oh, absolutely. I really liked uh, the Dy- Dynasty Warriors Gundam. I played those back in the day on 360 oh, a whole bunch. Yeah. Those were great. <laughs> well, like with, with Mystical Ninja for this game, like I now that I know that there's more of them, I'm going to try to play more on this show and in general because it was a series I never really knew was much of anything. I just always remembered the Super Nintendo game that I really liked as a kid. Like this was supposed to be in the show for a long time. I just never got around to actually putting it on. But it's like, I mean, the one thing about this game is that it's split up into two different versions of playing. You have the world map, kind of kind of like a world map where you walk around towns. That's probably a better way to put it, which is you can walk around on a, on a kind of the words I want to use, like a 3D map kind of up and down in a 2D side-scroller space. And then you have like levels that are just orders. 2D side-scroller. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. I didn't say it right. I know that. <laughs> but it, it's very unique. Like, all the enemies are very unique. You know, which I also think is like the way it does it. Like, to, you know, I, I, I know now it's part of the series, but back when I first played it until very recently, I never knew that was just, you know, the kind of thing is very gimmicky, mm-hmm. the enemies and stuff. Yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, you know, what you were describing, you know, having those those two modes of play was it was one of those things that really stood out to me when I first played it, because, you know, there was I there was nothing that I had remembered playing on the NES or Genesis and they, you know there probably was I just never played them before, but but you know that was that that struck me as just a really cool way to sort of break up the action. You know, you have this kind of exploration part where you're going through villages, talking to people. You know, there's still enemies and stuff, but it's a little you know you know not quite as as frantic platforming. It's more just kind of exploration at that point. And then yeah, you go into that kind of classic Konami 16-bit platforming action where you have you know some some tricky platforming challenges and then just uh, incredible bosses and stuff like that. And it was, it was, it was really cool. Ken, what did you think of wandering around the towns? I thought wandering the towns was probably the biggest thing that stood out in my mind. I mean, this was the super Nintendo days. So good platforming games were pretty much a dime a dozen. Oh yeah. You could, you know, spit and hit about 17 (laughs) good platformers for the super (laughs) Nintendo. But the difference in the town where you are walking around on like it always reminded me of uh, Streets of Rage, that kind of multiplanar movement, side scrolling, but also, you know, foreground background. And like it was fun. You had there were fences that you had to jump over occasionally to get around town. So it wasn't just wandering for wandering sake. All the shops and people that you would talk to gave a lot of personality that just didn't exist anywhere else. 
not in my version. <laughs> but you are right. I mean, that was like something I noticed when I played this time. Like, when, you know, I actually went into town and people talked and I was like, oh, people talk in this game. That was a way different than I remember. <laughs> oh, and the enemies still really amuse me in this game. Like, I actually didn't know what the story was until like that. The beginning cutscene did show in my old cartridge. Like, I could see that part where something about the ghost. And then I know you're trying to save Princess Yuki or something like mm-hmm. that. But everything else was in. I mean, I could see my numbers. I could see like some of that. All that stuff was in English and readable. Just the all the text from people. Yeah, <laughs> it was so screwed up. <laughs> I, I don't have my original. My cartridge. I, I stole my parents' house, but now I really want to put the game genie just and see what it looks like nowadays. Because I'm yeah, curious. Yeah. The other thing I remember because I had the instruction book for this. I remember like like you can you have the different women that walk around that you can then collect that give you money essentially when you oh, walk okay. over them as long as you don't kill them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know you could buy sandals that make you walk faster. I didn't know you could buy armor in this game. Oh man! <laughs> so oh, we also oh. cheated. So we had infinite life. So it didn't matter. Okay. Well, that's good. So I mean, but I mean, it's another cool aspect. You buy armor that helps you take extra hits, so you don't lose your health. And then you have the sandals that make you walk faster, let you jump over the rocks. I always, I had no idea how to jump over the rocks until I watched speedruns. Like, oh, okay, this is how you do that. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> Well, there are some parts of the game where you need to have the max sandals to be able to make jumps. Yeah. You, well, when you play two players, you can kill one of you and the other guy will float. That's how me and my dad used to do it. Uh, oh my one would jump down monsters. the hole and the other guy would float over to get to the spots that we need to get to. You can also piggyback. Like, that I is, that. I think, one of my favorite parts of this game is that if one of you does just suck at platforming, you can jump on piggyback and the person on the back is doing the attacking while the person who is, you know, being ridden upon, like does all the movement and the jumping. Yeah, we, we never did that. We just killed. I would just my dad would just die and then he'd fly as I did all the jumps. <laughs> That's all we play. <laughs> You're improvising. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you have games, you, know, you can. You just yeah. can't read anything. I think they call that emergent storytelling these days. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's like what I really remember about this game, because that's what made it so special to me, because it was something that we could play together, even though we, we sucked at it. Like, he couldn't make the jump, especially in the, in the I think it's the third level where you have the, the, the towers. He could never make those jumps at oh, all. Oh, really? He would just die constantly, because when you're playing a, a single player, as I saw this time, like, I would fall and I could go back up. I mean, I had save state, so it didn't matter. But on two players, the screen doesn't scroll down, so you just die. If you fall. <laughs> so it didn't work out well when someone's not good at platformers. But it's still, I think, a very unique game. And I think that's also what kind of like I played a lot of games now at this point and going back and playing this. I'm like, this is still a really fun side scroller. And and I so much more stuff made sense to me. Like, I don't I didn't remember realizing that by getting the cat you upgrade your weapon. I just knew your weapon gets upgraded from a small pipe to a bigger pipe to a yo-yo for some mm-hmm. reason, which the yo-yo is not good. I feel what? I don't like it. It's too slow. No, it's too slow, and the animation is too long to leave you open for attacks if you miss. Yeah, that range, though. And that miss a lot. (laughs) The long animation totally helps because you can jump, throw your yo-yo, and hit things on the way up and coming back down if you time it right. No, I never did that. Oh, man. I I didn't like it as much. I liked the gold pipe more. There's a surprising amount of depth to the combat in this game. Yeah. Like getting hit, you drop your weapon. Now, let me ask you this. Since you weren't aware at the time that the cats upgraded your weapons, did you know you could throw your coins? I don't remember. Okay. I don't think we did. I think I might have found it by accident by hitting buttons, but I don't think we did because I didn't want right. to waste my money that I didn't know oh, it okay. did. 
<laughs> Drawing the coins is also crucial. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like this playthrough, I threw coins constantly. Nice. Because it's it's so it's so useful. You have to. Mm-hmm. Like there's no point not Unless to I mean, you, you get enough money. Yo yo. <laughs> Plus it's just a better weapon, I think, throwing coins. Oh my god, it is so easy to cheese the money in this game too. Yeah. I also oh. never knew there was gambling in this game until very recently. Because <laughs> we couldn't read. I think we saw the dice game, but we we didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, yeah. So we just, I never I never did it until this playthrough. I'm like, wow, you can make a lot of money by gambling. Yeah, you can max out your money easily. And I don't, I don't like gambling long. in anything. In real life, I don't like it in games. It doesn't interest me. But this is the one, well, I also was cheating, but this is the one game where I'm like, oh, this is fun. Because I would save state and be like, oh, I'm, I'm wrong. Reload. Okay, I'm right. <laughs> So I play everything with save states when I can. It just makes games easier and more fun to me. Now, did you actually listen to this game, Mike? (laughs) A little bit. Yes, I had. I I usually play without sound. I actually play with sound for a little bit in this game. Oh, the soundtrack to this game. Just full of bangers. Because I was in I was in Vegas when I beat this game, when my wife was off running around. I was sitting in the hotel room just playing this. So I did have the sound done. Because that's what you do in Vegas, right? You play Super Nintendo games. That's what exactly. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you were still gambling, right? No, I, I gambled yeah. twenty dollars and watched it disappear, so that was good enough. For no, I mean, I mean, I mean, in your dice game, this was more fun. Yeah. See, I didn't just take my money and leave me upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were still gambling in Vegas. Don't discount <laughs> it just because it was on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I almost That's played uh, one of the casino games from Nintendo. Just to say, I did at a, at a casino. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the internet was terrible because for the the hotel i stayed at they they charge you 50 dollars to use your internet on a third device oh so, and i did that twice because so i didn't tell me it was one day only okay i love vegas. when when i was in vegas a, a few years ago i had gone out there and i was i had a friend who was living there at the time and we were hanging out and he took us to a used video game store really nice video game store i forget the name of it but they had a just a ton of old crap and i did feel obligated to pick up a copy of the Vegas stakes <laughs> for the Game Boy in Vegas. Because I already have the Super Nintendo version of it. I forgot there was a Game Boy version, but I was like, oh man, I can't I can't pass up buying a copy of Vegas Stakes in Vegas. That's pretty funny. I yeah. I didn't buy any games, unfortunately. I didn't go I didn't go very far off the strip. Right. Yeah, yeah the the obviously the store we went to was a, a a good ways off the strip, so <laughs> into into like actual like the part of Las Vegas where people live. That'd be nicer. But, I I don't like the strip at all. Really? Yeah, too much too much money being spent. I mean, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. <laughs> well, I got conned the first night I was there. The, at least that's how I put it. The, the pretty the girls were with the headdresses on and stuff that come up to you and they want to take a picture with you. And I'm like, and my friend's like, yeah, you do. It. I'm like, okay, fine. And like, okay. And then they turn around like vultures and want to tip. Oh, of course, yes. And then when I offered them $10 each, they did not appreciate that. Like, no, 20. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, we're never doing this again. But that Uh, that was my first night in Vegas. (laughs) I felt conned. Nice. (laughs) Like with a mystical ninja, (laughs) even this, like the first level. I mean, I remember because I didn't understand like the ghost thing. Mm -hmm. It just happens. And all like the first boss is a, I mean, everybody calls her like a dishwasher lady from what I was seeing, (laughs) I guess. That's what the YouTube videos I was watching. The speedruns called her with dishwasher ghost. No, it makes sense. They are kind of like plates that she's throwing around. Yeah, yeah, she's doing like plate spinning. Yeah, she's a. I think she's a really cool boss. Oh, absolutely. 
I've always liked her. I always thought she was a cool design, even though like I had a really hard time this playthrough trying to hit the plates. And I'm like, this should not be that hard. Yeah, I, was yeah, I mean, a it's a cool gimmick. Rebounding her uh, her attacks back at her and stuff like that. Having to time it to get the angle right and everything. Not very, the last time that mechanic shows up. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's a very, I think she's a very unique boss for a Super Nintendo game in general. Like, you don't have a lot of bosses with a ghost shooting plates at you. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Well, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the Goemon thing, right? Is just like here's some weird eccentric enemies or bosses, and they're all kind of rooted in Japanese uh, folklore or or culture or something. So, like the whole idea that you're rescuing cats, like you rescue a cat in the first level, you rescue a cat in the second level. I think they're both ninja cats, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which was always weird to me too. I, I didn't know much about. I think that text wasn't English because I remember them being ninja cats. So certain text was readable, certain text was not. That's so weird. <laughs> Very weird. I, like, I know. There's a part later in the game where you absolutely cannot read what the people are saying, but that's by design. Yes, because you go to a different area or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a completely different country, and oh, you yeah. don't speak it. <laughs> I did. That is a cool aspect, though. When you have to go buy the book and things like I did like that. I, and now that when I replay this game, like I like how you go in all these different towns and buildings and you have like the, I've never played the mini games before. And like I still didn't really try them, but I saw that they're all there. Like you have the first level of Galaga you can play in one of the places. Oh, man. Now, see that the <laughs> mini games talking about what kind of got me into the, the game back when I first played it, that blew my mind because there are like like a dozen mini games in this thing that you can play. Like just when you're in the town by going into different buildings and stuff, you'll meet, you know, game masters or whatever. We'll just be, Oh, Hey, come, come play a game. And yeah, there's like, you know, the whole first stage of Gradius just, which again, at the time back in 1992 blew my mind. It's like, you know, Oh, I'm playing this mystical ninja game and now I'm playing Gradius. Okay. <laughs> And I love Gradius. And then you have like, yeah. you know, the Arknoid clones and the whack-a-mole and the, the 3D mazes that you're going through. Those terrified me as a kid. Really? I don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, the 3D maze terrified me to where I never go in it. And even like this playthrough, I saw it and I never went in. it. I didn't remember why. I'm like, I'm not going in there. And then <laughs> I saw it and I'm like, I don't I don't like that. I don't know what it is about. <laughs> it's just. Just kind of claustrophobic feeling or something? I'm not or? sure. Like, it, it wasn't even something that I thought subconsciously this playthrough. I was like, oh, I don't need to go in there. And then when I just saw a video of it, I'm like, hmm, I, I think I didn't like it when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't It's one of these games I have not played since I was, I haven't played in years since I was a kid. Yeah. And just, I have never went back to it for some reason. Okay. So I was like, this is my first time playing it in years. And I was, I think I, I appreciated it way more than I ever did as a kid. Yeah. And I actually understood the game now that I could read it. Like the money and. <laughs> all that right i'm always so amused like in the second level when you run around and you have the guys with the red mask on it always amused me when you hit them and their their mask falls off and they die <laughs> i still find it funny that there's a lot of humor to be found in the sprite work in this game oh, like absolutely. it is it's a joy it is an absolute joy and a solid reminder of what konami used to be able to do <laughs> all the time effortlessly mm-hmm. before they found out what pachinko was uh, <sighs> yeah. Hey, I did, when, I was at, when I was in Vegas, I did look for any Konami, you know, gambling things. But I, oh, yeah. they, had, they didn't have any. I was sad. I wanted to. I would have played one for sure. 
if it would have had a slot machine of something Konami. Like you probably have to go to Japan if you want to play. Yeah. Hit, the, hit up a pachinko parlor. <laughs> yep. But uh, apparently Goemon does have patch slot games. Oh, so they go. <laughs> Well, hey, that's what you do with licenses. I mean, you don't make new games. You just make gambling machines. Exactly. It's probably more money in it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, does, we all talk crap about it, but does anybody know if that actually works out like financially well for them? I mean, I would have to, right? Yeah, because you're it. still doing it. Yeah, it's got to be lucrative. Yeah, I'm assuming. Uh, I mean, people do love gambling, so... <laughs> You know, so I'm assuming it is because they don't make games yeah. anymore. They haven't made games really in a while. Uh, I mean, they're starting to. I mean, they're starting to release some stuff again, finally, but oh, it's hard for yeah. them. I mean, I don't even care if they make new games. Just release all your old stuff where I can play it on a on PC or something. I'd be happy. I don't, you know, which the stuff is not licensed. Just re-release it. Well, they have been, you know, they there was the Castlevania collections and the concert yeah. collection. And I mean, we're getting the Turtles games are crying out loud. I did not. Yeah. Think that ever happened. I, I am very excited about that. Oh, absolutely. I didn't think in a million years we would ever see that kind of collection. So <laughs> me either. I'm happy they're doing that. I'm glad that they're starting to. Yeah. Now, just let me have a Sui Coden collection and a Goemon collection and uh. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sukadin would definitely be nice. Somehow a Goemon collection feels less plausible than a turtle one. Yeah. And Goodbye. yet. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, the one thing that gives me hope is, I mean, this is obviously not Konami, but they they did release that Kunio Kun collection where they took what was it like fifteen or twenty Kunio Kun games that were never translated into English, and they translated them and then they released them over here. So maybe, maybe one day it's it's possible. Yeah. And that that is really what this reminds me of. Yeah. Like, this absolutely reminds me of, like, the old NES River City Showdown. I could see that. Or River City Ransom, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I can, I'll agree with that, too. Like, it, it is, it's that kind of style. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what yeah, also like, makes the game so interesting to me, is, like, especially now, I understand it better, the fact that you can buy equipment, that you can, you know, go and just farm enemies and just run around and kill the same things that keep respawning to make money. To buy yeah. health. Like, I didn't know what well, didn't matter. A game team, like, I never knew before you could buy food that will then heal you. You can hold it like an item or something, like pizza, little yeah. things like that. Pizza. Which I found very interesting. <laughs> I don't know, little, I mean, it was, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe how much stuff was in this game when I went and replayed it that I never saw before. And yeah. like, all the enemies kind of hit me more. Like, I think I had more realization that how kooky they are and stuff. Like, example, I think it's in the, uh, the fourth level where you're in a, when you're heading to like the ninja, or is it the fifth level? The level where you're going up the mountain and you have like the little babies that look like that shoot that the, the, the mothers are pushing the strollers and they just start shooting out at you for no reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. That amused me so much as an adult that did not amuse me much as a kid. <laughs> I was like, this is really funny. Like, this makes absolutely no sense and it's just hilarious. It reminds me of that old Robin Williams movie, Toys. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> there was definitely a toy like that where a mother was pushing a baby carriage the baby held at the bottle and it was just a chain gun and like the sound like doo, 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 like the gun sound for some reason really amused me this playthrough <laughs> i don't know it was just weird little things i was thinking like wow this is really cool like, I, I, I really like this for some reason i don't know why i have no reason to but it was just really cool and yeah, no, it, it it is it's it's all the sound in this game is is top-notch the music the sound effects are all just 
wonderful, but which very typical of 16-bit era Konami. Like, I never knew until recently there was a quiz show in this game you can do. I never saw the quiz show. Oh, really? oh I love the quiz show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if depending on uh, if uh, that would have shown up in English for you, <laughs> yeah. that might have been impossible <laughs> anyway, so... Because we didn't, we didn't go in the buildings because we couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. I mean, we we vaguely figured out, I think, by accident, how after the first level you have to go inside a certain building to then travel to the other part of the country. We figured that out by accident, where I knew if I went in this one building and clicked this button, this would work. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything was just <laughs> trial and error. Uh, I mean, I guess I could see where that would be frustrating, but I don't know. I think if any game where the gameplay itself would have saved it. It would have been this one. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love this game as a kid. I, Me and my dad played it all the time, even though we couldn't read anything. I mean, we just figured it out over time because it was a two-player co-op game. Yeah. It was just really the jumping levels where we would suffer a lot, but that was uh, just because it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> but they were still fun. Like, I mean, I, I had a blast playing this game. I had a blast with the boss fights, like the second boss fight, which is like a, a tiger thing with pinata. looks like pinatas for some oh, reason. Yeah, like oh, the, the lantern. lantern. Yeah, yeah. That's a better word. That's the correct word. I, I like that fight. I still do. I think he's a re- really cool design. I guess he's supposed to be a sumo wrestler, which I never knew. Is what oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's got that kind of like sumo stance that, that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know what those scroll things do that drop for you? The red things that I always thought were rolling pins until very recently. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have no idea what they do. If you collect 10 of them, it ups your um, it's listed as a pow level next to your lives. Oh, and that's how many times you can use the jutsu that the martial arts trainer teaches you. I have never learned any of the jujitsu from that guy ever. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know about it until after I was done playing the game. I was watching speedrun videos of this. Yeah. And that's when they mentioned it. I'm like, oh, never knew. <laughs> I beat this game multiple times in the past, played through it hours, never because <laughs> I couldn't read. So. Because I was always wondering how you get the tiger on the cover of this game. And it wasn't until, I think the tiger is one of the jujitsu's, I think, that you can ride. Yep. That's yeah. the level one jutsu. And right now I'm watching a video where some guy's using like a, a, a lightning spell. Never knew that was in the game either. Oh, man. Level, that's level <laughs> two. Uh, level just... three is uh, you can fly. And level four is you become a kabuki warrior who swings his hair back and forth, much like a very famous song. Correctly. Oh, it's a blast. (laughs) It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever played Revenge of Shinobi, but the (laughs) boss is like a kabuki guy with the big hair that he swings around as a weapon. So you get to do that yourself here. Final fight, too. There's a guy with big pink hair at the end, but kick your ass with sandals on. Yeah. I mean, I, played, all, I was just going to say there's also a Kabuki Quantum Fighter for the NES. Oh, yeah. Your hair is your major weapon. That's right. I, I got to look that up now because I, I never knew that was a thing yet. This game had more forms. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this game is packing a lot of stuff. And that that's what, what blew my mind back then was just there seemed to be just so much you could do in this game if you just explored around and went in every building and talked to everyone. And of course, if you can't understand what those people are saying, you're not going to find all that stuff. But it's much harder. If the whole game is showing up in English for you as it, as it did for me, 
it was it was just mind blowing how how much there was to to do if you took the time to explore. That's what makes it so cool that there there's so much to this game, and I feel like not a lot of people know about this game because I haven't I've met very few people that know what Mystical Ninja was. Oh really? Oh, that's a damn shame. I hasn't been a lot. Been very few people. Like it was not a game that I felt most people knew, especially back then, because I never played it Which with is, my friends. Mm, no, it's just so co-op. weird to me. <laughs> like when I say this game was like a part of my childhood, I absolutely mean it. And of course, by childhood, you know, when did this come out? Ninety. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Yeah, so I was twelve when this came out. So not quite childhood, but man, if this game isn't one of the best things I've ever. Just it's fun. <laughs> Love it so much. It's really great. Surprisingly, how much it still holds up really well, and how deep of a game it is, and how like just. I mean, did this did this get this got re released? I think at least on the virtual console. Well, where else it, it came out? Came out on the virtual console for Wii. Obviously, Wii U. You can get it for uh, 3ds. Mm-hmm. Okay, at least it came out for other things. Yeah, none that people it's, are going to buy now, but. <laughs> But they should. Well, no, it should be on, the out on that one. This should be on the virtual console be. for the Switch. Yeah, a lot of things should be. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's a license, sort of. Well, not really. Just pay Konami. It's like, <laughs> it's not like Konami's doing anything with it. <laughs> no, there hasn't been a Goemon game in years. The last one was DS, which I don't know. I don't think we got the DS one either, did we? No, nope. we did not. Okay. I mean, I so started with it, but. <laughs> Well, in my case, it'll be downloading the ROM, but I also never knew those guys were, um, God, what the hell, the, the raccoon guys, right? Are the guys that talk to you for the side color missions? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. So I, never... I have, I have a confession about those guys. <laughs> okay. I always thought they wore really weird robes <laughs> and I was like, man, that front fold looks really weird <laughs> fully not realizing that oh that is just your typical tanuki overgrown testicles mm-hmm. yes indeed i didn't is. know that either until yesterday <laughs> when i was watching videos <laughs> so, oh, God. Uh, oh and is it just me or is that there's a there's like a mini boss in the third level that looks just like an octorok yeah that's what i always see the octopus guy yeah oh absolutely so i always see when i look at him i just see an oct- i just see an octorok well because he's like, got that that kind of like round mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he shoots little baby, little baby octopuses at you. And then you have people who are just trying to carry wa- Like you have uh, one of the enemies in this game that you'll fight. Just somebody trying to carry buckets of water and you just smack them while they're trying to carry water. <laughs> you know, just going about their job. And you're just like, screw you and take their money. Yeah. They deserve it. That's what's so funny. Like you, you get to be such an asshole in this game. to people. Some of the enemies are just regular people. The guy throwing cans. <laughs> they're not really. He's throwing cans. That's aggressive. Yeah. He deserved it. But some people <laughs> there don't. are some enemies, though, that will just leave you alone if you don't bother them. That's true. But I never gave him the chance. No, I kill everybody. <laughs> Even when I didn't know what the money was for because I couldn't read, I still killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. That's how you play games. It's just so it's just so amusing. Like one level I want to talk about is the, the ninja castle level where you have to like, jump on the, the the big gold balls and stuff and all the platforming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a really good level still. Mm hmm. I, yeah, you got some mode seven processing going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a lot of fun. I mean, in the in the enemies, how you 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 hit them and then their feet keep running after you because I guess they're robots. I think. Yep. With this, 
I think they're supposed to be. I don't know. I always thought it was just funny how they had little feet were running and you and their feet keep going after you after you hit them. It always <laughs> amused me as a kid. Never I knew they were the robots. The boss though. of that level is hmm? really cool. The boss of that Ninja Castle yes. level, which I didn't know was a mainstay great. of the series. Yeah, after this. that this is the first encounter I think you have with Sasuke, the tiny ninja. Yeah, and he shows up as a playable character pretty much from here forward. He just—it's a fun fight. You fight on a giant kite. Yeah, <laughs> this game is so weird. Everything about this game is just strange. It is strange. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, there is the old inventor that you go to f- seek out at one point, and uh, Super Nintendo game does not do a really good job of it. But uh, like all old men who have knowledge. He is an absolute pervert otherwise. <laughs> it's also the 90s. So. And the only reason I know that is because I read the manga adaptation of this game. Oh, nice. Like, I found it. It took, you know, five whole minutes of searching. <laughs> but I did eventually find it. And it's easily available through Mega Upload. It's not translated, but the art is done in such a way that there's no question what's going on in this. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I love, I love the internet age. I love how so many things that wouldn't be accessible are accessible somehow. It makes me happy. <laughs> he's, he's a cool, it's a cool level. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I mean, he shoots you in a cannon, but that's funny. He's a pervert though, which I'm not surprised. So yeah, <laughs> makes perfect sense. I mean, he did make a bunch of robots and he did make a bunch of female robots too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> it reminded me of a funny story when I, I, I used to work for a shipping company and there was one time we had this giant crate came to our location and something had happened where the crate had started like kind of got broken open at the at the ship at the site when the, when they received it. So they had they had to open it up to check to make sure it wasn't broken. It was a giant sex doll. And then from then on, we were they sealed it back up when the driver brought. It, so we just couldn't stop laughing about it oh, to tell us. So we were all oh, waiting no. to see who picked it up. I remember I wasn't there that day, but it was it was funny hearing the story about it. Came Define, in a giant crate, too. Define funny to me. giant. Uh, as tall as me, six feet almost. Okay, so 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 people size though. Yeah, it was just it was just it was. I mean, hey, whatever you know. There's nothing wrong with that. It was just amusing to me that the fact that it, of all the things that break open, that's what broke yeah. open. Because like what? we, sh- I mean, boxes and crates are shipped all the time. Nothing breaks open in the five right. years I worked there. Never heard of anything breaking open except for this one item. So that's what amused me. <laughs> like all the things that break open, that's probably something you don't want breaking open. But I, I, I hear, I hear giant and I think like 15 feet, yeah. 20 feet. And I'm just, you know, that's a, that's a very specific and probably <laughs> expensive fetish, but, <sighs> but it's just it regular. Probably feet. not. Hmm? Yeah. It's, it's probably not a death by snoo snoo uh, situation. <laughs> it's <laughs> just always... the first thing I thought when I heard giant. Uh, I yeah. I probably like, should oh. use the word giant, but that's what it, it just, it was a big crate and we didn't get, we usually didn't get six foot items too often. Oh yeah, not not too often you get stuff that big. Thankfully, except for rugs, freaking rugs. <laughs> People like to ship rugs a lot and return them, especially when you're when you work in a rich area. They return a lot of rugs. Really? Yeah, I worked at a at a store in a decent uh, in one of the higher class cities of the Twin Cities, and for some we always got rug returns all the time. Oh, huh. so, yeah, that's what rich people and and every other of the high class cities I went to, always returning rugs. But in the poorer areas, they didn't return rugs. Just the richer areas. Okay. There's your fun fact you didn't ask for. What do you just get bored of the rug? Is the rug defective? People just buy the wrong rug that doesn't match, and then they just return it. Oh, they okay, okay, I see. Essentially, what it was. Not doing their research when they're when they're I mean, rug shopping. Especially, I mean, when you got the money, why not? You know. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'll never <laughs> understand it. Like one of the other really amusing enemies in this game is you have a guy carrying a fish where you hit him and then his fish comes after you. He tries to kill you. And <laughs> yeah, the fish is still, mad. He's just running around. Like you can just avoid him completely. Yeah. He doesn't hunt you. He just run. He's just a guy walking around. Uh. And isn't there's an old man that you go in one of the houses. He always, he always looked like a baby to me. The thing on his head just reminded me like a baby bonnet. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what I always thought of as a kid. Uh. <laughs> and then there's the one level you have to buy a pass to get through to the dungeon because you can't go to the mountain without this pass. And as since I couldn't read, it was very hard to figure out. I don't know if it's said to get a pass or we just randomly figured it out one day and bought it. I don't remember how we got past it, but I know we did finally get past it. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like a forced checkpoint or, in a way, or not a forced checkpoint, but a forced way to make you like, okay, you have to have earned this much money to buy this item. It's kind of like a, but the mountain is very cool. The I, I really enjoyed the mountain this time when I played it. Yeah. And I, I mean, the music was also really good. Like I said, I had sound <laughs> sometimes. The hell so. with those monkeys though. Oof. They look, they look nice until they see you and they, when they call evil. <laughs> yeah just a bunch of bastards uh, i really like the monkeys a lot <laughs> the face they make is just great with the, the teeth and everything <laughs> it's perfect uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good level and i guess that boss that you fight he comes back in the later series the guy you fight yeah. with the giant crate on his back i forget his name oh yeah uh, yeah the he's samurai the, guy who yeah. throws his toupee at you that's his weapon mm-hmm <laughs> Again, like, this is a game that just makes it so silly. I also didn't realize how messed up the names kind of are, because in the American version, it's Kid Yang and Dr. Yang, Kid Ying and Dr. Yang, which are not Japanese or Chinese, but I yeah. that was fun. You know, whatever. <laughs> well, 90s kids wouldn't know how to pronounce Goemon or Ebsumaru, so. <laughs> so they just want Chinese names instead. Like, yeah. what do people know? People know this. Okay. Oh, give me a general yeah, this was... Asia vibe. <laughs> This was one of those games where I willingly took second player too, because Dr. Yang slash Ebsumaru is the best character in this oh, game. <laughs> He's a really funny character. He just looks funny in the way he, like when he dies, he does, he has fans to float back up. <laughs> yep. Where Goemon has a cape to use to fly up. No, I thought that was very, just everything with him. Like his weapon, Yang's weapon is a fan where, you, where Goemon has a pipe. Yeah, I'm using little stuff. I don't know. Buying that pass when you don't know how to, when you can't read, is really hard to figure out, though. <laughs> I will say that. It took us a long time to figure that out. And there was no game facts back then, so. No, not then. <laughs> no. Let me tell you about a time before this <laughs> thing you call the internet. Oh, I, I don't miss those days. I, I don't want to go back to uh, days of no internet. No, thank you. Uh, I don't know. I part of this part of the fun for me with this game was absolutely trying to figure everything out because there's like not a lot of direction when you're just playing this game regularly. Yeah. No, especially if you can't talk to the people and they give you hints, you can't read it. So you don't know. <laughs> just, like when I played it this time and I realized how many people give you hints about what to do in the game. Well, for us, we would just run around the town until we found the Kabuki guy or not Kabuki, but the, the raccoon guy, and then he would tell Tanuki, he would tell us where to go, then we knew what to do. Other than that, we had no idea what to do. We just keep looking for him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. I played this game so many times, though, it was all memorized. Like, the whole game just became memorized after a while. Like, when I went and replayed it for the first time in years, I, it was all still in my head. I knew, I, I kind of, I knew what I was looking for and what to do in every work, in every level. Because it's all just I, in my head. I will say that once I started playing the skin, it absolutely felt like muscle memory at times. Yeah. It just has that effect. 
Oh, awesome. Another thing I want to point out or mention, like I, when you beat one of the bosses, you use a giant. First, you fight two sumo wrestlers that bounce a ball. Then you fight a giant face. And then when you beat the face, another ninja, a ninja girl jumps out where her hair changes in this game twice. And I never knew it was her on the boat with the, with the green hair because she has purple hair. Blue is purple hair when you see her, which is just weird. Because hmm. maybe it was the have, lighting. I think she normally has green hair in the series, right? Like later on. Yes. Yeah. I know she's a mainstay, I guess, too, which I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I've never played <laughs> other ones yet. I, I like really that like I'm this. hearing yet. No, it's going to happen. Now that, well, one, you sent me something for the PS2 game, so that will be on the show at some point, most likely now at this point, because <laughs> I want to <laughs> play it. And now that I know there's a second Mystical Ninja on Super Nintendo, which looks just like this game, but even cooler. Oh, there's four playing. of them. On, so Nintendo? Uh, yeah, the Super Nintendo, there were four uh, Goemon games. God, we really should have got them. And oh, I know. And there, there's actually there's a fifth one that's more like kind of like an action puzzle game that stars uh, Ebsumaru. Like he's the main character, but that one's more like a like a kind of a puzzle type game. But okay. yeah, there are there are four games that are you know you have this one, and then there are three sequels. It's really are, too bad they didn't come here. I mean, I get it because America wasn't as into Japanese culture as we are. I think as we got later on, I think America is right. much more into Japanese culture now. Where now these would have came because they would have sold. Where back then they were worried it wouldn't. Yeah, they were. It was it was too weird at the time. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole like kind of anime and manga invasion that kind of started up sort of towards the the late nineties hadn't really happened yet. So it was just too weird seeing cat ninjas and kabuki giants and things like that. So this is really too bad. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's pretty damn weird. Well, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> we were it ready. is so joyful. Yeah, well, it's just it's such that mixture of modern in the in that era. Like that's part of what this makes this series special too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, supposed to be set in like what the 1500s or so. I think this is yeah, or it, 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 like Edo period, and then you mm-hmm. have clockwork robots and things like that. You have stuff that doesn't fit. Yeah, you know, like well, nine pieces. Uh, that's putting it charitably. <laughs> no, I know that's also American <laughs> thing that they added in the game because we wouldn't understand sushi, so they made it a pizza instead. Yeah, which I thought was funny. It's not even sushi; it's jelly donuts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really do like the level where you have to jump across a river where the water hurts you if you don't take the boat or use the platforms if you step in the wa- like oh, the yeah, step in the water too much. Mm-hmm. That's a fun level. It's just, I mean, especially playing this playthrough, I thought was really cool. And then fighting a purple dragon at the end. I really yep. like that too. I like dragons a lot. <laughs> I mean, the, it's a simple fight, but he just, it always looked so cool to me when I first got to him because it took us a lot of playthroughs before me and my dad got to where this purple dragon was. Cause we just would quit playing the game. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I would play for so long and then we just like, okay, I'm done. We're going to do something else oh, now okay. and turn the game off. Oh, and you also didn't have the passwords. Yeah. So we couldn't <laughs> continue. So. <laughs> I mean, the first time I beat this game, we played it in one in one sitting in the morning. And I remember that day we were walking to the grocery store and I was all excited that we just beat Mystical Ninja. Still remember that. Oh, that's great. Telling one of this one of my old one of my neighbors who was like an 80 year old man. Yeah, we just beat this game. Like, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I'm sure <laughs> I remember I had to tell somebody. <laughs> no, I figured the 80 year old man in 1992 knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Yeah, Who didn't? He, he, was just, he was just mad you were calling it by uh, Mystical Ninja and not Ganbare Goemon. <laughs> yeah, he lived down the, I just remember walking down the alley and he was sitting in his garage, still in my head. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Mm. I mean, the, the bosses are very creative in this game. And then you have, and it, I know the whole story is you trying to rescue Yuki. It isn't when you go to the other country where you have to like buy this book, which is the other point in the game where it kind of makes you have, make sure you have enough money to buy this item where you can't read the text. I don't think I can read the text anyway, but I don't know if I could or not because I somehow I figured out to hit the statue to progress to the game into the secret tunnel. But I don't know if it was the game told me or I just out of pure luck figured it out. <laughs> I'm not, I can't remember. I don't know what to do. I got to do something. Let's go. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, we just ran around looking for the Tanuki. I mean, that's all we, as, as, yeah. I just remember that. That's all we did. Where can I find the damn Tanuki that I know leads to the other part of the game? I also didn't know until very recently that when you buy or when you find those elephants, that the elephants are checkpoints, the gold elephant statues. Ah, yes. Never knew that because we always had Game Genie, so we never died. As you have, might have learned, it was I, it's something I've been doing all my whole life is cheating at video games. Eric Ninja would say I'm cheating myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love making that joke every time it comes up. But I mean, that's how I play games. No, I think the last couple dungeons are also really interesting. When you beat the, when you break open that statue and you're in like in a, it reminded me of Super Mario World type where you're on like a little train cart like thing or mine cart. Oh, yeah, yeah. With lava in the background. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that kind of like multi-segmented uh, cart that's like on rails and you gotta jump off at the right time and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. fun still. Oh yeah. It would I mean, be a while before the... Donkey Kong perfected the minecart level. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the only level that really or has like the only real enemies that actually make sense in this game, which are the guys that have the mask on that are part of the gang that your clan that you're trying to stop this whole time. Oh, the, the only carpenters that are just there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they, well, they, yeah, partly because you're on top of the roof. Looks like they're trying to build it, and they're throwing hammers at you, but they do have masks on. I don't know. Yeah. I always thought that. And there's one part that always got my like got my nerves going when I was a kid. Where you have to jump across all these different blocks, and you have these enemies look like, look like spiders climbing up the, the the columns. But I realized all you can do if you just keep going, you'll make it perfectly just fine. When I was a kid, I was terrified of it and had to like be all careful. And you, this time, I just jump, 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 and I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> Oh, they just really, I just really like those enemies. I, I, I liked how they, you know, they are probably just carpenters. The fact that they have the mask kind of felt like they were, you know, part of this enemy you're supposed to be fighting this whole time. Yeah, that's all I thought. <laughs> and this is when you fight the lifesaver boss I want to talk about. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just lifesaver plus it always reminded me of that kid's toy with the different circles, colors that you put on the, on the, for a baby toy. That's what it always oh. reminded me of too. Yeah. The little like stacked rings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just it's just there. You just jump on the different blocks as he shoots them back and forth, and then you hit his head and continue the process till he dies. It's still fun. Oh yeah, Super Nintendo charm. Is uh, he part of the gang then that you're or the clan that you're trying to go after? I'm assuming. Let's yeah, say because yeah. after you beat him, that's when you rescue Princess Yuki finally. Yeah. When you beat him in his second form, where he has a body and it's kind of a weird fight. Oh, the Weeble fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess you can kill that fight in two hits, I found out, by watching speedruns. You just hit him with two coins in the right angle, and he's dead. Really? Yeah. You really just got to tip him over, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love watching uh, <laughs> awesome games done quick speedruns because they explain so much about a game that I never would have picked up on. Hmm. So that's why I, I always try to watch those before I do these these recordings, because then I learn stuff I you would never know otherwise, except for people who spend way too much time on one game. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you ever tried speedrunning anything? I am not a speedrunner. Okay. at all no <laughs> absolutely not i i that would drive me buggy trying to play a game that much and that intensively and i just yeah that 
I respect speedrunners. I appreciate what they do. Watching what they do is fascinating, but I would absolutely hate doing it myself. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I, I interviewed a guy who is the, I think still currently the world, uh, world record holder for Final Fantasy nine, any percent. And just, you know, I mean, it's an eight hour run when you start it. Like, yeah, no, thank you. It's crazy. In the game for eight hours. You make, you know, and you have like a bad screw up in the first two hours. Okay, we're done. Restart. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's just too much to keep track of. Oh, yeah. It's insane what they know. When you talk to people who do, who do that, like all the little things that are in their head about a game. Yeah. And then another thing about Mystical Ninja, like when you get to the near the end after you rescue Yuki, you bring her back, I guess, to her, who you think is her father. And then they turned out that they're all, they put on masks or however, and then you get thrown in jail because you have to in a game. This part is amusing me. It really does amuse me how you, you end up in jail and you have, and then luckily they don't make you wait like a lot of games I felt would. They just have the girl come and break you out of prison right away. Oh, yeah. Again, I, I don't know how we figured this out part because I couldn't read anything, but somehow we figured out to go in the right cell, talk to the king, and then break the, the wall open in our cell. I don't know how I figured that out. <laughs> it's a lot of things where I don't remember how the, like I knew it, but I don't remember how we knew it. Back, we were, back so. in the day, <laughs> we were trained in a video game, if you don't know what to do, you just run and you jump into everything or you hit everything and you will find a secret door or a little like hidden warp area or something. I blame Castlevania. <laughs> if it wasn't for wall chicken, I probably never would have started doing that in games. And it's when you're in the dungeon, which I thought was weird how everybody has their own very nice little private cells that they're all in. But it has the only enemy that really makes sense. You have guards with guns that are trying to shoot you. Like, this is the only enemy that really makes sense in this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing else makes sense. I don't know. I just found it funny. When, when you go in there now, like, I was talking to each person. They're like, I was kidnapped. I was, you know, this and that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's so nice to be able to read now. <laughs> you have to find the, the real king to tell you that. There's a hidden door that you can't find until you... And he's the only person tied up. Everybody else is just in a cell, but he's actually tied up for some reason. Yeah, because he's the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most enemies just don't make any sense. And those guys did. I'm like, yeah, you, guys, you have a gun. You're trying to shoot me. And this makes perfect sense. <laughs> you mean you're awful at shooting me, but whatever. But you're trying. Uh. There's also a shop, too, in the, in the, in the jail, which amused me when I found it. Perfect so I think there's a shop in jail. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong clip. No, I'm there like, is. Okay. I thought that's kind of funny. Like, hey, we'll let you open up shop. But it's a video game, so why not? Hey, man, there's always an underground black market in every, like, jail or prison piece of media ever existed, so... Does Arkham have a shop? (laughs) No. (laughs) That you know of. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I just didn't have enough walls. (laughs) (laughs) And then... I, I was always amused by the last level, too, where you're running around on, on top of roofs, getting chased by guys with cans, which amused me for some reason as a kid. I still do this time. I just and then I, I remember, like, when you as you go up through this level, you end up having to climb up a ladder and you go up into the sky and you have to, like jump on clouds and stuff. And the first time I did that, I thought that was so cool. Oh, <laughs> so that really, ladder was so long. I expected Snake Eater to start playing <laughs> long before that. <laughs> <laughs> playing it through this time, though. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And then you have a boss gauntlet, because why not? Of course. I don't like boss gauntlets. I love Mega Man games, but I do not like having to do refights ever. Yeah, the yeah, boss rushes are always just kind of a kind of a cheap way to, to extend the gameplay at the end of the game. Yeah. And so many games did it at this time. 
Yeah. And Mega Man but never I mean, stopped. It's only two of them, though. Like, it's just the lantern and the big head, right? Oh, never mind. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Yeah. I don't like the big head. And then you fight the final boss, which when I first got to him, we couldn't figure out what to do, me and my dad, because we kept hitting him and we didn't. I I don't remember how, but somehow we figured out to hit the arrows at him and that hurt him. Yep. Just like the just like the plate spinning ghost. I don't I It was I really like that fight, though, too. I like it where you 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 come into this, this giant soldier guy on a lion that shoots arrows at you and you bounce arrows into his face of the lion. Yeah, it's just a cool fight. It's hard, though. Yeah, it's, it can be. <laughs> it was hard when it I first be, got But there. if you have the yo-yo, it's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I got hit a lot when I played this game as a kid. So uh. as an adult. But I save state most of the time. So I also didn't know realize that in the final boss fight, you can hide in the corners and he can't touch you. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I was mm-hmm. watching uh, Speedrun and the guy just, you can just sit in the corner and he can't even touch you at all. Oh, wow. That's how simple it can be. Good to know for next time. <laughs> You could just but why make either it one easy? Not, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and I, I guess it'd be fun. <laughs> well, I didn't play it that way. It wasn't until after I beat it that I realized you could do that. I was trying to dodge him and everything. Nah. But I didn't realize you could just stand in the corner and just you can't can't touch you. So <laughs> it's a cool <laughs> aspect. And and I guess it was a, there's the fox that was the lion. It was the one that gave this guy all the magical powers that let him do whatever he was doing, I guess. Yep. Is that a Goemon thing, too, with that fox ever come back? Hmm. I I trying to remember. I I'm not one hundred percent. Not that I'm aware of, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the fox was like, "Yeah, no, that was too much. I didn't like it. I'm not doing it." <laughs> I mean, it is amusing how he's like, "Hey, you, he's, I, he said if I help you, you won't hurt the girl because he threatens to kill the princess." And then he leaves. And then he leaves the old. And there's an old guy with a mask on that you beat the crap out of with your pipe. <laughs> yeah, just simple, but it's he funny. deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. And that's. Musical Ninja. Yep. Any last things you want to say about it before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? I have a few. Oh, good. <laughs> People like this game. I mean, I just love the hell out of this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Same. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, go ahead. This is probably the game that really made me love Japanese culture, too, now that I think about it. Because I really like Japanese culture a lot. And I was also a fan of this game. Pocky and Rocky was another game I really loved as a kid. Oh, oh yeah. Pocky and Rocky. I remember that. Mm. It's a good game. Did you see the new one that's coming out soon? Yes. I'm, I no. can't believe it, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a series I expected to come back. Yeah, but here we are. That stuff like that makes me happy, though. Like, I, I, I would, like same with this. I would love to see their Goemon game come. Like, I love when, pe- when they... You know, like re you know remake stuff like this. I mean, I'm sure it's much cheaper than a triple A game. So, you know, man, I feel like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber when thinking about like all these old games coming back. I'm just like, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> Is the Pocky Rocky a remake? The new one? Uh, no, it's uh, I believe it's a it's an all new game. Okay, I, I think I I don't believe it's some it's of the like, bosses are the same. It looks like oh, when I'm watching. Maybe it is. I play a lot of Pocky and Rocky, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the bamboo guy I see. And I'm like, that's in the first game for sure. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, no, it's a remake with new characters. It's... Okay. Okay. Hmm. You got me more excited. I, I remember you talking about it on player one and I forgot that it was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you, um, yeah, I, I pre-ordered because uh, they're they're doing a physical release of it. Uh, at cool. least for the Switch. I have I, I, I did order I'm because I'm, I'm still one of those weirdos who buys physical games. I'd so, rather have physical. I understand. Yeah, no, I like I, li- I like having my my shelf of uh, games, but yeah, I did pre-order the the Switch version. So 
I did like having a shelf of games, then I moved a few times, and I found I didn't like having <laughs> 10 containers full of 360 games. So I don't <laughs> buy I don't buy physical that much anymore. Yeah. Now I just buy everything on Steam and then never play it. <laughs> the way you're supposed to, right? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you just get a giant library of Steam games you'll never play. You just have them there. That's part of the game. <laughs> I think I might have to buy this physical version. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a remake kind of remaster of the first game because some of the enemies some of the bosses are but they also added stuff that wasn't in the original game yep i'm just seeing in the trailer reshrined is the is the title and yeah i guess the reshrined sort of implies that yeah it's a it's a remake of sorts didn't we get such great you know two-player games back in this this nest days though oh yeah (sighs) i miss that i know it's starting to kind of come back now again but for a while we never had that I feel yeah. like in the it went away in the PS1, PS2 era, and now yeah. it's starting to come yeah. back again, finally. Yeah, and now that people are realizing that, hey, just because it's 2D doesn't mean it can't be a good time. <laughs> 2D games are really good. And that, like, with Mystical Ninja, like, that was another thing that kind of surprised me. It's just like, because I had never played a single player again, it was still a lot of fun just playing it single player. Yeah. Still it's even more fun game. playing multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, it w- I would have enjoyed it, too, well, if I was playing it. I know that people in charge of video games listen to this podcast all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, my I'm sure. An episode, yes. <laughs> so, you know, this is where let me make an entreaty. Anybody from Konami or who has their ear listening, please, please, please let us have the Goemon games. <laughs> They're such a joy. Just give us a simple English translation. Or hire some of the fan translators that have already done it. Pull the Sonic Mania route. Hire the fans that have been doing your work for you. Let it happen. Give it to I us. Really, I should really play that one day. Sonic, Sonic Mania? Mania? Oh, it's a blast. Oh, yeah. Sonic oh. Mania is great. And what I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but I'm going to do it anyway, is I have a free key, Steam key to give away. Oh. I have a key for Undertale because my, my dumbass forgot I own Undertale on Steam and went and rebought it. Then went, oh, shit, I already own it. So I have a key to give away. So, Smooth. This is the Steam key for Undertale. It is R J K N L nine B two Z Z five five J P A. So now somebody can download Undertale for Steam. Cool. Got it. I should. I should. I should really play Undertale one day. <laughs> Never played it. I. I. I tried playing Undertale. A couple times, and I got maybe an hour or so into it, and kind of bounced off of it. I, I I don't know what it was about it; just it just didn't click with me. But my kid, I have a, I have a ten year old son, and he 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 played through it, and he really enjoyed it. So I okay. I don't know. I've I've tried. I, I've given. I've I've I wanted to enjoy it, but yeah, something about it just didn't click with me. But I mean, obviously, a zillion like other it. people love it. Yeah, so it's it's certainly a me problem. It's not something with the game. It's on my list to one day finally play. So we'll see. I, I ran into the same problem. Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe it's I'm just too old. <laughs> I'm thinking that could be it. I mean, well, if you're too old, then I'm definitely too old. So. <laughs> All right. And um, now we'll finally do questions, comments, and memories. I got some from the I watched the entire Oberlin Super Replay group from Andrew Lockhart. I searched for this game for years and didn't know its name. When I finally figured out what it was, I couldn't figure out whether to go buy it or not. Flash forward to a few years back, and the title was put on Super Famicom Mini, so definitely bought that. I still haven't beaten it all. Some, sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like I should beat it. You should. 
Oh, you yeah, really you definitely should. And then go back and play it again. And then the other comment is from Spencer Cross. Wow, apparently it's worth $60. Is it worth playing? Oh, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. That was cool. I also like knowing some my. I have this at my parents' house somewhere, I, I hope. I think. I need to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely, yeah, it's cool. To, uh, it's cool knowing that some of the old games are worth money. I'll never sell them, but it's cool to know that. Oh, yeah. I just I can't sell games. I've only sold three games in my life, and I regretted it, and they weren't good games. It was Half-Life, one for PS2, some weird samurai game with roller skates on the cover, and I don't remember what else. So, yeah. <laughs> and from the Super Nintendo Super Group, from David Hereder, one of my favorites, Killer Soundtrack. Mm-hmm. From Allengard Belmont, love how you can play Gradius. That really blew me away as a kid. Uh, see? So, you I weren't the only one. Dead. And then from, there was the hockey one, too, that you couldn't play without a second player. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hockey? Yeah. Oh, there's a hockey game in Mystical Ninja? Like a mini yeah. game? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I avoided player, all that though, They don't let you play it without it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, from Rick Wittstein, one of my all-time favorite co-op games. I would play it with a buddy of mine and replay the first level over and over until we had enough money for everything. Nice. All right, from Brian LeBaron, I was raised in a small town, only was able to rent this game once for a weekend when I was a kid. I remember being really fun. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, From Phil Swidden, other than the insanely long passwords, this game was a lot of fun. Great soundtrack, as usual, from Konami back then. Yes, yes. Passwords were long. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're really, I was surprised. I mean, I I didn't know they were, they didn't, I didn't know they were a thing until very recently, though. (laughs) (laughs) And there is actually someone else. That I don't have to worry about online security anymore. They taught me well. <laughs> from Alex Jetson, my mom bought this for me as a Christmas present when it was released. Absolutely loved playing it for hours upon hours. And from the Giant Bomb group, from Daniel Johansson, whoa, this cover art has it all. <laughs> the cover art shows the different bosses, and it just it's really strange. Like that does fit the series. Yeah, it's well, and it's it's done in that kind of. Uh... 16-bit konami house style you know that's sort of like it, it where it's, it kind of looks cartoony but it's also kind of realistically shaded and rendered it's it's a it's a pretty wild cover it has the dragon the lifesaver boss the big face one of the little yeah. samurai guys that you fight just a bunch of strange things on it a fish yeah and goemon riding a tiger which i've never seen before in the <laughs> game because i've never I done it in there <laughs> <sighs> And from Jesse Moore, that box art is wild. From Vincent Goodwin, friend of the show, that was the American box art? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was uh, fantastic. Yes, indeed. Okay, I'm trying to find a... Oh, here's another... I'm trying to, there's one comment where somebody had said that they had the same problem I had, where they couldn't read the game. Oh, here it is. From Nick Turner. A kid at my elementary school sold me a copy of this game he found while dumpster diving for $20. <laughs> I took him up on the offer despite despite not owning a SNES at the time. The language in the game was set to Japanese, and I never found out how to change it because I only had limited time to play at friends' houses. It was still a blast, though. So someone else had the same problem I had. Wow. <laughs> but I think mine was one of the games you need corrupting it or something where it made it like that. That's so weird. From Carrie Chandler, friend of the show. I love that game. Never knew it was part of a series until a few years ago when Retronauts talked about it. I didn't know it was a series until Phil talked about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, that's actually, I mean, that's what turned me on to finding out that this was actually like, you know, a big series. I just knew the N64 right. game. That was it. When, and I didn't uh, even know there were two 64 games either. I only thought there was one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got, well, the, the second one, like I said, the, the first one came out about a year before 
Ocarina of Time. So it was, you know, a relatively early release. The the second one, I think, was more towards the end of the system's lifespan. So it's, you know, I, I it probably didn't get as 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 wide of a release. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's great. It's a both of them are really good, and they're both really weird, and both definitely worth playing. I want to play them now for sure. Yeah. And from Jose Truk, I absolutely love the mystical ninja on the N64. The music is just so perfect. The humor, I get emotional just thinking about it. (laughs) And last one I'm going to read from Vincent Goodwin, friend of the show. I was not aware of the series until the Nintendo 64. Nintendo Power covered both its U.S. games. I didn't think much of it until I played the GBA Konami Crazy Racers and saw Goemon in it that I realized he was a much bigger character than I realized. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can play as Goemon in uh, Crazy Racers. I'm glad that he, you know, I mean, well, I was doing research for this episode. I really, he was in, like, Goemon is in so many different things in Japan. Like, he's oh, yeah. really a, a character, you know, unlike here. <laughs> we don't have oh, yeah. one for no, him. super popular. Mm-hmm. Still too bad that we, it doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. You know, if memory serves correctly, I think you can unlock Goemon's outfit as a me, one of the me fighters in Smash Brothers. Yes. Wow, that, that's cool. That, that is absolutely true. Yeah, it's like a, I think it, I think it's a DLC, right? I think so. I think it's one of the yeah. fighters' pests. Yeah, it's still cool yeah, though. Yeah, you can get the little me outfit to to play as a little Goemon cosplay. Plus, he's such a I mean historical figure <laughs> for Japan. So yes, yeah, like honorable thief, pretty much, right? Yeah, who stole from the rich? He was Robin Hood essentially yeah. and gave what he didn't yeah. need to the poor. And yep. then he tried to assassinate somebody and failed, and they put him in boiling oil instead with his son. They put his son into boiling oil with him, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I guess the tale is that he held his son above the oil until he died, and then his son was saved. They, they, one of the stories was they put mercy on his, on his son for oh. what he did. Aww. But honestly, if you're in the oil, I think it's best just, yeah, I, I, that, again, I hate that idea of being killed that way. Just, no. <laughs> I watch it. There's an episode of Two Doors where somebody tried to poison the king and they they boiled him in oil and i'm just like no thank you (laughs) shoot my ass hang my ass no 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, i mean that just sounds like that sounds like one of the worst ways to die well yeah to be boiled i gotta imagine though that you know your body would go into shock pretty quickly yeah still no (laughs) no thank you it just the idea is like i know when i got that episode of two doors i'm like i'll just turn this off now i'm dead (laughs) i don't need to see this (laughs) I, I don't like that. Yeah, it's one of the, I just I forgot about that as a death until I read this the Goemon thing, and I'm just like, yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, again, it was the, that was what they did to people because humans are terrible. Well, don't play Gumbare Goemon two for NES. Why? Because that's that. There's a sequence when you die, you get lowered into a vat of oil. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, I'll play with safe states. I won't see it. It'll be okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those, whenever you think about ways to die, that always comes to me as one of the worst ways possible to die. So, I don't know. <laughs> nah, there are worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't want to ask, but yeah, them, but, <laughs> but that, that's up there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We should go on to shelf stacker box shelf being something you really like stack being something you like, but not as, you know, kind of like the great, the middle area and then box being something you dislike. And Ken, why don't you go first? Do I have to, do I really need to spell out? Yes, I absolutely will put this on the shelf until the end yes. of my days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that this Excel on the shelf until the end of my yet. days. <laughs> you know, one day I'm going to start an Excel sheet that ranks everything. 
Yeah, I keep telling myself that over 300 I'm episodes now, we, and I still haven't done it. But hey. so, somebody I'll, listening, I'll just put together a wiki, please. <laughs> we don't want to actually do the work. <laughs> no, I don't. I thought of, we talked about when the show first started that we should do that. And now it's been going on for three years and I still haven't done it. So, yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> so I'll go next. I'm going to put this in the shelf. Also, I, I loved this game as a kid. I, I played it. I still had a ton of fun with it. It amused me more than I was a kid. And I still can't believe how much depth there is to this game that I never knew existed. So <laughs> It's a great game and it's going on the shelf and I will keep recommending it and hopefully eventually play more Goemon games now. So, yeah. uh, what about you, Phil? Oh, shelf it. My gosh. <laughs> Are you kidding? I got to. I don't ha- I don't have a literal shelf with all my going on games on them at the moment, but I probably should. <laughs> you know, well, you most of the series, I think, from what I remember hearing you say before. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? When when I was I went to Japan years ago for Tokyo Game Show, and that was my my first time over there, and I went nuts at <laughs> at game stores. And yeah, one of the one of one of my goals while I was over there was was to buy any Goemon game I came across. And I ended up getting the oh geez, what there's four or there's four Famicom games, I believe. And I got the uh yeah, I got all the Super Famicom games. I picked up a couple of the the PlayStation games that came out over there. So yeah, I came home with a lot of Goemon games. <laughs> And any ones that came out since then, I, I you know, I imported the, the GBA games and the DS game and stuff like that. So I, lo- I love it. I love it. I just found out there's I think Game Boy Color RPGs or something mm-hmm. turn style based, which I really want to play now at some point. Yeah. Well, and, uh, of the, the original Famicom two two of the original Famicom games are, you know, kind of the more traditional what we expect a Goemon game to be. And then the other two are are traditional rpgs as well so that's so cool now have you played have you played the very first going on game which was the arcade game i have not i saw are it. you talking about mr going on i am of course referring to mr going on <laughs> which is available as uh in, in the arcade archive series so you can you can get it on on switch or uh playstation that's cool yeah and it makes me happy if stuff like that is getting re-released well, and it, in it's, some form. It, it's weird, too, because it's a, it came out in like the mid-80s, and it's very much a mid-80s-style arcade game. It's you know more simplistic, just kind of running and jumping on platforms kind of thing. But it is the actual... It's, it's, and it, it, does, it doesn't have like kind of the absurdist humor that the series became known for. It's played a little, a little straighter here. But, uh, it's more based on the real Goemon type idea, not yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 looks like a like a Kabuki actor, a sprite in the game. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 played played a little more normal, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting uh, start for the series. So, well, speaking of arcade games, did the Mega Man arcade games ever get re-released? Yeah, uh, Power Battle and Power Fighters were. Um, they were part of the was it the Mega Man Anniversary Collection? The oh, ones that came out for like GameCube and and Xbox and PS2. Though uh, they were on that, uh, and they were also released separately in Japan for the uh, for the PS2. At least you could buy just a, a disc that had the two arcade games, and then they were ported to uh, 
again, this was only available in Japan. They were ported to the Neo Geo Pocket Color of all things. Oh, <laughs> and they got, you know, the, the graphics were obviously uh, uh, downscale. They look a little more like uh, NES sprites, but they are the art. They're, they're just like eight bit versions of the of the arcade games. So just someday I want to play those. So I, they're, I have the anniversary collection, though. Yeah, you know, they're, they're fine. They're, they're you know what? They're they're simplistic. They're just kind of like boss rushes. You know, you you select which boss you want to fight and there's no stage or anything you have to go through. It just tosses you into a boss fight. So, yeah, so they're a little little bare bones gameplay, but uh, I mean they they look great and they have some fun animation and things like that. Always been on my list. I'm a I like I found myself liking Mega Man a lot, so I've been trying to yeah. play whatever I can get a hold of and record about it. Like Mega Man Powered Up, we did an episode on the show a long time ago, and that game was I know you talked about it before. That game's amazing. I, man, <laughs> I love Mega Man Powered Up. I really good game. I designed a level for Mega Man Powered Up. I designed one of the DLC levels that. I'm assuming are not available anymore. Yes, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the, at the time when that game, before it came out, uh, I was working at GameSpy. If you remember GameSpy. Oh, that <laughs> takes me back. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? And Capcom approached a bunch of video game press outlets, and it was kind of a like a promotional, kind of cross-promotion. Like, hey, uh, if you want to design a, a level in our level editor we will put it up as a as an official dlc they they would toss your outlets logo in the background of it so i uh i got to design the the game spy level and i was Ooh. very excited yeah <laughs> i was very excited about it so that's pretty cool yeah it was very difficult it was a very difficult level i could beat it back in the day but uh yeah it was it was not an easy one and it does not come up on YouTube when you search Mega Man Powered Up Game Spy. Yeah, that. <laughs> I was that curious. It surprised me. Oh, that game really surprised me. But I've been playing a lot of Mega Man games for the show, and I just thought of that. Oh, and I should talk about what we're gonna be talking. What I'm gonna be talking about next week. Uh, next week we're gonna be talking about Donkey Kong Country Two. Oh. Because I needed to replay. I needed quick games to get me ready for Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> that's why there's a bunch of short games on the show. Plus that game's great. So. <laughs> So that's what you can hear about, talk about next week. And Phil, where can people find you at? Well, if you uh, want to find me on Twitter, I am at WhimsicalPhil. And of course, you will find me at the uh, the Player One podcast most weeks. So head over to uh, PlayerOnePodcast.com or our Twitter account is just at P1Podcast. That's the numeral one. <laughs> and yeah, come and come enjoy that if you if you want. If you follow my Twitter account, you're just going to see a bunch of pictures of toys and, and occasional <laughs> yes. about video games. <laughs> hey, I've, I've listened to the P1 podcast now for years. I, I always recommend you guys and random Aww. things when people ask for pot. Good show. That's very sweet. Thank you. I enjoy your banter. <laughs> yeah, we, we do what we can. Hey, you guys we are funny. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode, we have tons of other episodes that we've done. We have over 300 episodes so far of this show. We do comics. We do movies. So definitely go check out all those things. Went through all the MCU saga, the Infinity Saga, because I was insane. Did reviews on those, so definitely go listen to all that. It, it was insane. It took me almost took me over a year and a half to cover all twenty three movies, and I oh my goodness. never need to see. I haven't watched this movie since then, so <laughs> it I don't recommend it. But the episodes are good. Um, and my buddy Bill Tucker, who did those with me, started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at Forty. So definitely go check him out. 
And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Free. You can follow her on TikTok. And we have a Patreon. If you want to support the show for a little dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon. We currently have a poll for a Star Wars movie to cover. So definitely go check that out. A little dollar, you can vote and help shape the show. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Only audio, but we are on YouTube. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.